Yes, yes. Father, it's yours anyway. It's yours anyway, Father, because you gave it. And we surrender today. And our surrendering, Father, it puts us in a place where we can get your heart because you gave us your heart. And we want to give it back to you. And we thank you on this very day, Heavenly Father. On this day is a day that you've made. And you told us to be glad and rejoice in that. And Father, we're doing that. We're coming to raise our hearts and raise our voices and to thank you. And we surrender all. In Jesus' precious name we pray. And everybody said, amen and amen. You may be seated. Now, some of you might find yourself seeming far away today as we have all these chairs in here. We're just basically getting ready for the second service because we'll have the entire CSU football team, coaches, wives, kids, and all of that. Uh, but we also thank you for being here and for depositing your time. And I want to just continue to thank all of you for the work that you do throughout the week that goes unnoticed and some of the preparation that goes on to make Sunday and, you know, our whole uh, church family work. So I thank you for that as well. And what we want to do is continue today uh, in what we've been teaching when I ask you to take the homework and look at uh, Philippians 2, 5 through 8. And I wanted you to look at that because we preached that last Sunday. And the Sunday before that, we asked you to look at Luke 3, Luke 6:38. And what we're learning here is how to give out of God's heart. We're learning how to give out of God's mind. We're learning how to give out of God's resources, even to the point where we learn how to give out of God's pocket. Because giving is just who we are. We are instruments of giving. Uh, we are a temple of the Holy Spirit. And, and that's what it's really about. And so we, we want you to understand the importance of what giving really is and what that does when it uh, affects other people. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to go ahead on and I'm going to read, okay, uh, this particular set of scripture today, which is in Acts 20, and we're going to be focusing on verse 35. But I'm going to go all the way up to verse 31 and read down. And then what I'm going to do after that is I'm going to give you kind of a, a picture of what the setting that Paul is in. Uh, because Jesus gives us an example of giving. Paul gives us an example of giving. And, and giving is just a part of who we are. I mean, our nation is probably the most outgiving. You know, we, we outgive most nations in the whole world. You know, uh, but, but, but there's a reason for it. There, there is a reason for it. And when you start realizing that you are an instrument of giving, when you start realizing that, that God is using you as a conduit of giving, and giving is just not defined in the sense of possessions, but, but giving is also defined in the, in the sense of passion. Uh, giving is also defined in the sense of time and, and giftedness and treasure. And God wants us to be that. And so here's what I'm going to do. I'm just going to jump right into it uh, because there, there's some things I want you to know in this progression that, that we have. Now, you also need to know that, that we are in, in the final uh, days of, of making a decision about where we're going to find permanency here in Fort Collins. Uh, we're only a, a few days away from that. 
uh, which is going to mark something uh, somewhat of a nine-month pilgrimage from that point. And then we'll find ourselves probably here in the Hilton uh, only a year to a year and a half. And, and if we buy land, obviously, we want to be able to put a building on it. If we get a building, obviously, the land is already there. You know what I'm saying? There's no such thing as floating buildings unless you go to Italy or something like that. But, 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 but what we want you to do is know that we're getting close to that. And so the whole purpose of this is to take 2 Corinthians, which I told you to read as well, 8 and 9, both of those chapters, and we're going to spend the next several weeks starting next Sunday on those things. And so let me just read this to you. We are in Acts 20, and we're going to start with verse 31, and we're going to go to verse 35, which is going to be the content of our message today. And it says, therefore, be on the alert, remembering that night and day for a period of three years, I did not cease to admonish each one with tears. And now I commend you to God and to the word of his grace, which is able to build you up and give you the inheritance among all those who are sanctified. And I have coveted no one's silver or gold or clothes. You yourselves know that these hands ministered to my own needs and to the men who were with me. This is the contents of what we're dealing with. And everything I showed you, that by working hard in this manner, you must help the weak and remember the words of the Lord Jesus that he himself said, it is more blessed to give than to receive. It is more blessed to give than it is to receive. Now, we are on our way to answer the question, but make the statement, why do we give? Now, let me set this up for you. Paul has called the elders of uh, Miletus in Miletus together, and he has done a work there for three years, and he knows that he's not going to come back that way anymore. And so he brings these guys together and begins to tell them the things that he did in that three-year period. He, he tells them that I withheld nothing back from you that was profitable to you. He tells them that I ministered to you in private and in public. He, he tells them how much service that he gave them. And this was even during the time that there was a plot against him from his own brothers, the Jews. But he gave anyway. And he knew that he had built something. He knew that he had laid a foundation there as an example to them. And then it was time for him to go. And he even says to them, as soon as I leave, there will be wolves that will come and try to separate the flock. As a matter of fact, there will be those who are inside this group who will try to break it up. And so he's giving some information to these elders. And he's saying, look, I gave you something. I want you to know exactly what it is because I want you to do the same thing. And then he gets down to verse 31, and he begins to talk. But before we even talk about giving your time, giving your talent, giving your treasure, giving your power, giving your passion, 
and giving your possessions, let's at least talk about what happened the last two weeks. Because we ask you to read Luke 6.38 for the sake that you'll understand what grace and action meant. Because before you even start giving anything that you've got, you need to understand that first of all, God will grace you to give. And, and grace is what? Grace gives you the ability to do something that you cannot do on your own. Grace gives you favor where you don't deserve it. So first of all, any kind of giving starts number one, ladies and gentlemen, with the grace of God. That's number one. You learned that two weeks ago. Last week you learned about something called attitude in action. Because in grace in action, you found out that, that, that God told you when the world hits you with something, your responsibility is to reverse what that hit was about. Your responsibility is to retaliate uh, with kindness. Your responsibility is to give what is called this uh, a rate of exchange back uh, because what good is it to love somebody who loves you? What good is it uh, to give money uh, expecting something in return? He says, send do that, but, but, but God being gracious even gives to evil and unfaithful men, and when you do it his way, you become sons and daughters. So that, 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 that grace and action lays the foundation for that. And then last week, we talked about the attitude. You know, we, I made some jokes uh, about, you know, things that go on in my home with, with my lovely bride and I, and, and the whole issue it has a lot to do with how we respond, and, and attitude and action is Jesus Christ in Philippians 2, Five through eight, who basically says, have this attitude which was in Christ Jesus, not the attitude that's in the world, not the attitude that comes from your home, not the attitude that comes from your business, but the attitude that comes from Jesus and Jesus alone. Even though that uh, he came in the form of God, uh, he didn't count his equality with God as a thing to be grasped. He didn't use it for his benefit. But, it, but what he said is, is that he emptied himself, taking on the form of a bond servant being made in the likeness of a man. And so he humbled himself uh, even to the point of obedience and obedience even to death and death on the cross. And our attitude is huge. Why? Because it creates an atmosphere. Not only does it create an atmosphere, it, it helps us become anti-self. Uh, that's what it does. And when we become anti-self, guess what else happens? We make an adjustment. And when we make that adjustment, now we have the real appearance of humility. And we don't have to fake it. We don't have to make it happen, but it's real. So what we've got now, when it comes to giving as an instrument of God, we got two things preceding us. One is grace and the other is attitude. And when you can get those two things in the right place, then giving out of God's kingdom, giving out of God's heart, Giving out of God's attitude and giving out of God's pocket is easy, church. Do you hear me this morning? And so let's set this up. Why do we give? Why? Now, now, now we're going to take some steps to that. But, but, but I, can, I can think about some of, some, some of the most... Um, confronting and learning uh, environments of giving that I've ever been in, okay? Now, obviously, we know that when you're looking uh, in, the, in the medical field, you know, in hospitals and homes and things like that, man, there's a high level of giving, 
okay? Uh, and, and the people who find themselves in those places for a moment or for a long time need that kind of giving. But I can remember a, a while back uh, doing a wedding at a hotel uh, called the Broadmoor in Colorado Springs. And, and the hotel business is a very serious business. And, you know, we thank God that we have a guy like Ned Sickle who will be coming in our second service who have been so gracious to us here. He's the CEO right here at the Hilton that has been so kind to us. And I remember telling him this story because I had to come and ask the question of him. And I remember doing a wedding for a guy by the name of Tom Romero who was a football player at CSU years and years ago. And we did it at the Broadmoor. And my wife and I went down there. Uh, we hung out a little bit, and, and I tell you, it was it was it was just it was just extraordinary. And, and I and I can remember when I first drove up to the little uh, circle that you drive up in, and I I step out of the car, turn back to the car, and was getting some stuff off. And then when I turned around, that's like four or five people on the brother. You know what I'm saying? And I'm saying, hey, y'all got to back up off the brother now. Hold on, <laughs> you know. And I mean, and they they had come into my space quickly. You know, and, and I just had to say, hey, what's going on here, man? They, they, they were taking my luggage. They were Mr. Square this. <laughs> and I'll just be honest with you. The brother was receiving some grace for them, but his attitude was bad. I just want you all to know that because I'm saying, man, y'all in the back off. Just back off, you know. And it was like that all weekend. Okay, and we get into the room, and there was chocolate there. I mean, you know, the, the wives had a chance to go do the little, uh, what y'all call the sauna thing. We had a chance to play golf, and everywhere I went, the service was high. I mean, it was high, but it was so high that, that it was confronting. <laughs> it really was, and I've never had any service like that in my wife. I know my wife, my, my wife have, and I've never given that kind of service. But I'm, I'm telling you, man, it was like high on a high level, you know. And so I just got curious. I really did. I got curious. So I went, I, I went to the front desk. We were checking out, getting ready to come back to Fort Collins, <laughs> and I just asked the lady at the at the desk. I, I said, "Ma'am, look, I, I know this is a five star hotel and all that stuff." But I just got to ask you a question. Why, why do you guys do what you do? Why, why do you do that? She says, Mr. Square, all we need is one complaint from a customer, and we're in trouble. That's what she said. Because our business is service, and service of the highest I said, wow. I mean, she was serious. She didn't crack a smile. She was just saying, hey, buddy, that's what we're about. And we're here to satisfy our customers. And we're here to make sure, man, that their stay here is impeccable. That blew my mind. I hope you're getting me, church. I hope you understand what I'm trying to communicate to you before we jump into this, why do we give? Because, see, this is what Paul is saying to these elders. This is what Paul is saying to these people at Miletus about Ephesus. This is why he's saying, look at here, man. I gave you the highest kind of service possible. And it was because God not only graced me to do it, but because what he did for me, he changed my attitude about people. He changed my attitude about service. And he said, look at here. I gave you all that I had, and I want you to do this. Same. 
And I want you to do the same to each other. Wives, I want you to do that to your husbands. Husband, I want you to do that to your wives. Children, I want you to do that to your parents. Parents, to your children. Employees, to your employer. All over the place, we should be instruments as believers of the highest service of the highest kind. Are you hearing me? That's what we are about as believers. The highest kind. And so when, when, when Paul talks, ladies and gentlemen, about this, you go back and you begin to look, okay, at verse 31. Because I want you to get the picture. And you look at verse 31, and Paul begins to say, therefore, you need to be on the alert. And he's talking to these elders about being on alert for the people that they're leading, for the sheep that they're overseeing. It's, imp it's, it's important. Parents, we need to be on the alert concerning our kids. Kids, we need to be on the alert concerning the environment that we live in. Employees and employers, we need to be on the alert. We need to watch out. And he says, now what I want you to do so, I want you to remember that night and day. Okay, and he's saying for a period of three years, he said, now, that was a time period where you actually saw this human currency coming to you. And then he says, man, I didn't stop. I didn't cease. It was never a letdown. Why? Because I was there to admonish you. Now, the word admonish means this, lifting people up to the point where they realize their responsibility and their duties. That's admonishment. It's both good uh, and, all, and also challenging instructions. We, we need people in our life to admonish us. And Paul says, I admonished you, man. And he, and he, and he said, look, I, 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 I admonished you, each of you, watch this, with tears. Now, ladies and gentlemen, we serve an emotional God. We serve a God with passion. So God is not only telling us to serve physically, mentally, spiritually, socially, and recreationally. God is telling us also to serve emotionally. And we're going to talk about the importance of that in just a moment. God did not tell you to hide your emotions. God did not tell you to hide your tears men. He didn't. Because there are times when our counterpart, you know, our sidekicks, women need emotional support. They don't need, as my daughter often tells me, answers. She just wants to know if I feel it. Okay? And so Paul is saying, hey, I served you with tears, man. I did. And when he said that, he's saying, look here, because in the midst of the church, are you with me at all this morning? Okay. So what he was saying is, is that here's a charge to you. I want you to keep watch over yourselves. I want you to keep watch over the flock. I want you to be a good shepherd. And there's a warning, man, because I want you to guard it because salvage wolves will come in. Salvage wolves will come in. So, so, folk, when we give, we give our attention for a reason. We give other people our attention. 
It, it, it is just not for us. And then in verse 32, it says, and now I commend you to God. See, I'm, I'm going to turn you over to him and to the word of his grace, the power of the word that brings grace to us, which does what? It's able man to build you up. She services there for a reason, to build you up. And watch this, man, to give. <laughs> you sing in the worship song. We want to give it all, God. We want to surrender. And what is he going to give you? Something that you get just by the sake that you were being born. Just by the sake that you're in a family. You, you, you didn't do any work to get here. Somebody else did, okay. And you're here. And because you're in that family, you get the inheritance for that reason, period. He says, look here, man, because you're in the kingdom of God, the family of God, you have an inheritance that's coming to you, and that inheritance is for all those who have been set apart, sanctified. And he says this, man, he committed the elders to the worship of God, watch this, and the word of God. Now, do you give your time to worship? Do you give your time to the word of God? Because we're givers. They were givers. And I like this part because he begins to bring it home in verse 33. Because I'm going to give you some information here in just a minute about why we give because we're going to use G-I-V-E. He says, man, I coveted no one's silver or gold or clothes. I didn't want what somebody else had. I just don't. It's not necessary. And then he kind of brings this home because he's saying when he commended him to God, he had, he wanted to give them an example of his own life because he wanted them to see his sincere commitment to them. And he didn't want anything that belonged to other people. He only wanted that which God had for him. Now watch these last parts here because I'm getting ready to give you some things to write down. Check this out. You yourselves know that these hands minister to my own needs and to the men who were with me. See, he said he worked hard with his own hand to provide, watch this, not only for himself, but for his team. See, we have a team at Eusis, a team of leaders. Our job is to work hard to provide for you. That's the whole purpose we're on that team. Our job is to work hard to provide and help the people who come to Jesus, who lock in, and those on the periphery as well as those who have yet to come. That's our job as leaders. That's what it's really about. And, and, and as Vic and I understand that our job to our family is to make sure we're taking care of our kids and helping them take care of themselves. See, kids come into the world called gimme, 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 gimme. And then at some point they learn it's time to give, 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 give. And if we don't teach them that, it's a shock in society. So our job is to do that. So for whoever you work for, ladies and gentlemen, your job is to give the highest quality of time to those people. For those of you who are in leadership here at ESS, we don't, uh, look here, don't, don't treat us like stepchildren. 
Okay, it, it's important that, that, that we, we give each other as leaders the highest kind of honor, but that also that all of us leaders and, 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 and those who serve in whatever capacity, that we give is, is the highest kind of honor that we can give her. Are you hearing me? Because it doesn't stop. Because it's the same in marriage. It's the same in business. It's the same in the world. And to give anybody less than that, you become less of what God has made you. Because that's who we are. We're the, we're the highest giving instruments in all of God's creation. The highest. And, and, and then now Paul brings it home. Because I'm getting ready to have you write some things down. It, it, it says in verse 35, in everything I showed you, I displayed something to you. That by working hard, by being diligent in this matter, he goes all the way back to verse 31 to 34. He says, man, you must help the weak. See, all of us at some point are weak. So somebody else is strong in something that I am weak in. And so he's just not talking about feeble. He's just not talking about people who lack strength in a certain area. He's talking about weakness, period, should not live among you. And the only time that we should uh, uh, acknowledge our weakness is because in our weakness, he is made strong, period. So, 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 so it's, it's important for you to understand that we should... Always take care of the poor. We should always take care of the weak. We should always take care of those who can't take care of themselves. We're givers. That's who we are. And we can't hide that. And then he says, now you remember the words of the Lord Jesus that he himself said. This is what he said. It is more blessed, okay, to give than it is to receive. Now, it doesn't mean that receiving is bad. I have no problem receiving stuff, especially stuff that I want and I like. I have no problem doing that. <laughs> I really don't. But he's saying, looky here, there's something that's double, that's better than receiving. As a matter, as a matter of fact, the, 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 the word blessed means to make happy. He says there's something about giving that will make you happy. There's something about giving that because you're instruments of giving, that, 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 that will bring some sense of satisfaction to your heart. And there's a blessing that goes with it unlike any creature that God has ever designed. So, 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 so now you see the basis of why we give. Well, let me give you some things to write down. Because two weeks ago you wrote down grace in action. You wrote down reverse, retaliate, rate of exchange, and reward. Last week, you wrote down this attitude in action, 
atmosphere, okay? Uh, you uh, wrote down anti-self. Uh, you also uh, wrote down adjustment. And you wrote down acceptance and appearance. It is God's acceptance appearance to uh, display you to other people as broken and humble. It deals with a pride issue. Now I'm getting ready to give you GIV. Okay? Now let's build up to that with these statements. Okay? Why do we give, ladies and gentlemen? First of all, I just want you to get this statement. We're not going to fill in the GIV yet. We give so that, watch this, someone else can live. Think about that. For God so loved the world that he what? Gave his only begotten son that he that believeth in him shall not perish, but watch this, have what? Everlasting life. So we give so that someone else can live or something else can live. So just kind of listen to this one too. I, these are just statements. We haven't even got to the GIV yet, okay? We haven't gotten there yet. Now, we also give because we know that there, watch this, is more where that came from. Think about that. We give because we know there's more where that came from. That's why a Christian, a believer, should never be held or found with a full cup. You know why? Because you need to empty it every day. So God can do what? Fill it again. That's why we have the power of the Holy Spirit. Are you hearing me? You got to let it go. And if your cup is full all day long, obviously, you're sitting on some stuff. Hey, pour it out. Pour it out on somebody. Maybe we just all need to go get a glass of water and just throw it on everybody. Just, just all y'all get a glass of water, sit down, and just whoop, blow it. You know, that's what God wants to do to the world is he wants you to take your cup and pour it on somebody. So he can fill you up again. So, 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 first of all, it's so that somebody else can live. Second of all, because you know there's more where that came from. Now, third of all, okay, third of all, because this is what Paul is saying. Paul said, I did this so that you could live. I did this so that this can happen in Ephesus. I did this so you as an elder will be able to come in and do the same thing that I did to you. Now watch this one. He, he says, what allows us to never be satisfied in giving? Here's what it is. It allows us to never be satisfied in the natural, in the natural. What allows us to never be satisfied in the natural is connected to the fact that we serve, watch this, an unlimited God in the supernatural. See, see, I'll tell you what, God is upset with some of y'all because you haven't tapped his resources. God is a little bit upset with some of us because we haven't used what he really has for us. I mean, he wants to give, 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 give. 
And we want to receive, 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 receive. There's nothing wrong with that. But what you receive, 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 why don't you give, 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 give. Church, are you hearing me at all? Okay? So, so, so it's important that you understand that the whole purpose of why you would never be satisfied in the natural is because you serve an unlimited God in the supernatural. And when you take from his cup and give, it's like nothing ever left. And you know what I like about God? He dares you to try to outgive him. <laughs> he dares you. So, 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 so this is fun stuff. Now, how do we begin to bring this home? How do we begin to, to kind of close this out? How do, we, how do we do that? Now, what about this GIV stuff, okay? Well, here's what the G stands for, okay? I want you to write this down. See, the G, that when you give, the G stands for generating growth, when you give to somebody, you are generating growth in them, and guess what else? You're generating growth in yourself. Well, when I give to Vicki, I'm generating something in her. When she gives to me, she's generating something to me. And growth cannot take place if you don't give. Growth cannot take place if you don't give your time, your talent, and your uh, treasures. Growth will not take place if you don't give your power, your passion, and your possession. Church, are you hearing me at all? It's just growth. And whatever I touch with my, my giving, I'm going to generate something. I'm going to generate a friendship. When I give my kids something, I'm generating something as a father to them and Vicky as a mom. When they give something back to us, what they have done recently, it just generates things in us that they would even think about giving something back to us. We don't even want anything, but they do it. But it generates something. And you don't want to be stagnant. Jim uh, Powers, who, who is on a weekend, uh, you know, uh, uh, anniversary weekend with his lovely bride, said, John, I want you to know something that I learned about sharks, man. You know, he said, I found out that sharks cannot stay still in water because they depend upon movement for the water to pass through their gills that creates oxygen. Because if they stay still in the water and don't move, man, for periods of time, they will suffocate and die. You will suffocate and die if you don't give. Your spirit will suffocate. Everything will suffocate. So you got to give. It, it, it's what we're a part of. It's who we are. And then the I stands for investment. And when you invest in something, guess what you're doing? You're adding what? Value to it. So, so not only are you generating growth, but you're adding value. When you give, you know, husband, wife, girlfriend, boyfriend, you know, all that stuff, you're, you're, man, you're making an investment. You're, you're adding value to that person. And guess what? You're adding value to yourself. That's why we give. Okay. If you don't give, the interest rate goes down. <laughs> you, you, can't, you can't cash your bread on the water because you, you ain't, you ain't, you're not making it do something. It's, you got to put it in there. 
So not only is giving generating growth and you are uh, making an investment, okay, which, which, which basically has just a, just a huge, huge, huge impact. But watch this, man. The V stands for vitalizing. You vitalize with what? With health. So I not only grow, okay, I, I, I not only have value, but watch this. Health comes along the way. I, I'm healthy when I give. I, it, it adds to all, you know, when you, when you look at a doctor or a doctor uh, look uh, at, at a patient or somebody and you go in for a checkup, you know what they're looking for? They're looking for vital signs. Vital signs speak back health. And when something ain't vital, they go, oh, okay, we got a problem here. Why is this getting shut down here? So when you give, when your body gives back to you, when you put the right kind of stuff in your body, your body comes back to you. Because when you put stuff in your body, you're telling your body what to do. And there's some things I got to stop telling my body to do, okay? Just want you all to know that. Some areas the brother got to get on. Okay, I don't want my body doing that anymore. Well, you got to quit putting that in me then. And so not only does giving generate growth, not only does giving, you know, is, a, is, is an investment that has a major impact as far uh, as value is concerned, it vitalizes in, in the sense of bringing help. And last but not least, the E, least, the e stands for eternal impact. See, see, when you give, there's something eternally that happens. God responds. And that's why when we were reading Malachi, and, and, and he said, look, return back to me, and I'll return to you. You know what else I'll do? Man, I'll start making money fall out of the sky. Guess what else I'll do? I will rebuke the devourer. You ever been in those situations where every time you look up, there's a bill to pay? It just shows up. It's just like the whole everybody in the cul-de-sac just put their bills in your mailbox. They're like, where did that come from? I didn't even know I had that. Now, we got we to gotta not forget, man, we're consumers. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But, but there's something that happens in, in, in an eternal issue that when we give our time, we give our talent, and we give our, our, our treasures, God shuts off the thief. And when you just think you don't have enough. Guess what he does? Man, he breaks it. He, he just opens up the door because he's a giver. So how do we close this time? How do we, how do, we do it? How do, how, 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 how do we close this time where you ask yourself a question? God, is there an area in my life where I can give That might be the question. And just ask him. He's not going to pop you upside the head or discipline you or give you a left hook. He's not going to do that. He's just going to show you. You know what? You, you can give a little bit more time to your bride, son. You know what? You can give a little bit more time to your kids. You can. You know what, Johnny? You can give a little bit more time to reading my word. You, you, you can. You can give a little bit more time to worship. You know what else you can do, man? You can give a little bit more time to witnessing. 
you know what, you might even be able to give just a little bit more time, man, to prayer. Stay on your knees long enough to hear from me. <laughs> you know? And, and, and Johnny, you know, why don't you spend a little bit more time just with me? Because I can take care of a lot of stuff. So as we pilgrimage to a place where Isis is a healthy place in all aspects, when we pilgrimage to a place, well, we got givers in here. Not just talent, not just time, but also treasures. That everybody in here is a free person because this truly becomes a healing place where people are delivered, where people are unwrapped. And that's what this name is, Eosis. It's actually a word for healing, which means moving to completion, which means reaching that point in that place where God expects you to be. It is the fourth derivative healing in the Old Testament. It is called Heasis, H-E-A-S-I-S. When you bring it into the New Testament, it is pronounced with an E sound. You drop the H and you spell it with an I. Heasis. It means healing. And we want everybody to be healthy. I want you to be healthy physically, mentally, spiritually, socially, recreationally. And we will want you to have the freedom to give. And when it comes down to those dollar bills and helping us getting ready to find this land or build and all that stuff, that is a what? That is a uh, derivative of grace and attitude. Are y'all with me at all? It's a derivative. It's not a problem. I give because I'm free. Not because I'm mad, not because I have to. So there's going to be some people who are going to address you in the next couple of weeks. And we're going to have somehow, as God will, a place that we're going to go after. And we're looking forward to it. And we need your participation, not just in finances, okay, but in talent and in time. Church, I hope you heard the message today. I hope you've been encouraged that we are giving instruments. Be free. Give. Give. Father, we thank you and we bless you. As we have this opportunity to give at this moment our treasures, we have opportunity all week to give our talents. We have opportunity all week to give our time. And so, Father, we ask that you will bless this offering. And we ask this, Father, that you would grace us to give today. And that there will be an attitude of giving that will honor you in Jesus' precious name. Amen and amen. Yeah.
I really want to thank you for your time and continue to pray for each other, pray for us. This Luke 6:38, break it down, man, really have some fun with it. And in Philippians 2, 5 through 8, break it down. Have some fun with it. It's, it's going to help you out. And, and then take, take Malachi 3, 10, look at it. Because next Sunday, we spend several weeks on 2 Corinthians 8 and 9. Learning how to give out of God's wallet. It's going to be fun, man. That this will free us, it's going to free our church, hopefully it'll free people in the city of what real giving is about. So here's what Jesus said. Heaven is a gift. It's free. You cannot earn it, nor do you deserve it. It's been by grace that you have been saved, not by works. We are sinners. That means we have missed God's mark. And we cannot save ourselves because the wages of sin is death. But the free gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ. And God knew that we couldn't solve the problem, so he solved it on his end by coming and taking his son and hanging him on the cross. And while he was there, he did something. He took your record book of sin and mine. And wrote on it with his blood, paid in full. And then he died, rose from the dead to purchase a place for you in heaven so that where he is, you will be. And all he asks you to do in order to get there is to, by faith, accept his work. Realizing that there is only one name that has been given among men by which men might be saved, and that's the name of Jesus Christ and him alone. And so what we want to do is just give you an opportunity today to say, man, I want Christ. It's time. The Spirit of God has convicted me. It's time. I want my place in heaven, and I get there through Christ. This is not head knowledge. This is not temporal faith. This is trusting Jesus Christ alone. Father, it's in your name that we pray. And if there's anybody today to say, yes, I want my name in the Lamb's Book of Life. I'm repenting of my sins, and I'm coming to you. I want to be a disciple of you. If that's you, we're going to ask you to raise your hand or just stand and say, that's me. We'd like to pray for you. We really would. Anybody? Okay. We'd also like to invite you to Sunday nights because there's some proclamations that are going on that God is just releasing us in so many ways. So we're 608 East Drake, 6 o'clock. Come and join us. Let's stand as we close. Sing this song one time, then I'll give you the benediction.
Father, we thank you. And as you continue to bless your church and bless the Jesus family as we reach out to each other in the name of the Lord, that we might remember each other, that we might give to each other, that we might realize that we are the instruments of giving. We're a conduit to you. Show us how to give it. And then you in turn take it and you multiply it back to us way beyond what we can handle. Now, to him who's able to do far above anything we can see or ask for. His name is Jesus. And everybody said, amen. God bless you. Have a good day. Thanks for coming. Thanks for coming.